Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here on Radio Taiwan International. Up next I have for you is hashtag Taiwan and status update. But we're going to start off like we always do with a little bit of here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, July 12th. If you are watching us on Facebook, if you're listening to our shortwave uh, broadcast, today is Tuesday, July 13th. Mm. Joining me in the studio today is Mr. Stash Butler. Hello. And I am your host, Mr. Leslie Liao. Anyway, um, I realized that I've been hosting this show for maybe about seven weeks now. Yeah. For maybe for the past two weeks. We used to give people updates on COVID. Yeah. And uh, we have we, not we done stop. that for okay. the past two or three weeks. So I think we're going to give people a bit of a... And people deserve to a know. A bit of an update. People, people deserve, deserve to, know. to know. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, alongside that, we are going to also talk about how Taiwan's population has changed since last year. Oh, now, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be, I don't know, if you pay attention to the how the population of Taiwan has been going for the past few yeah. years, might not come to you as a surprise. <laughs> I don't know. I know, I was about, you know, it's, it's boomed. It, it's boomed <laughs> all of a sudden, out of it's, nowhere. We're full of people. Uh, next we have Audrey, oh, I just spoiled the surprise. I was oh going to be like, no. Stash, who do you think we're going to be sending, Taiwan is going to be sending to the Tokyo Olympics? <laughs> Which Audrey do you Which think we're going to be sending? Which Audrey do you think it is? <laughs> I mean, there are so many of them <laughs> yeah. on the island. So many Which prominent famous Audrey. Audrey could it be? Um, and the next one is the governor wants to integrate something into its civil self-defense plan. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what it is Ooh, quite yet. A teaser. Um, It's going to make you turn your head, and it kind of made me turn my head. I'm still trying to grasp the entire concept of what's going on here you let me know yeah but this is going to be a fun show so don't go away here in taiwan coming up next right after this song plays out Well, before we get started, I just want to shout out to all the people who are talking to us in the chat room. We got Jen Delari here, Taiwan Insider Editor Jessica Chang. Mickey Lin says, Blue Monday. Hi, guys. Hello, Mickey. Jen Delari says, they want to add Audrey to the civil defense plan. <laughs> well, you know what? Given what I was just talking about earlier. To be fair, I, don't think, I think that would probably be quite a good idea. That probably would be. I'm sure Audrey could do some good stuff in the civil defense. <laughs> uh, Josh Buendia says, good evening from here in the Philippines. OP Verma. Hello. Good afternoon, sir. Hello, OP Verma. Anyway, let's talk really quickly about uh, COVID-19 because I haven't given you an update about COVID-19. Uh, in a while, and we used to lead off the show with that, uh, and for some reason I stopped. But uh, if you're curious, Taiwan, how many do we register today? 23, uh, I'm just looking at it. 23 new local cases, 24 in total. So we've had 23 new domestic cases of COVID-19 yeah, that's right. uh, reported today, which is a vast improvement from when you think about what things were like maybe a month, two months ago. Yeah, stash. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think at the peak, there was like a 700 
yeah ideally. it was definitely up to like yeah i think it's kind of going yeah there was like above that yeah, covid total really and now lot. we're uh, we're down to 24 so this entire outbreak is trending in a good direction it's a direction that's helpful that's this is a direction we want to head in um <laughs> yeah. because from if we maintain this course of action we're gonna have this outbreak contained mm. that's what people are saying um so today is uh july 12th which was the the deadline of the level three COVID alert which will, has been extended until yeah. the 26th so just for context the level three COVID alert what that means uh well taiwan kind of set out initially these four levels of, you know, I suppose we'd call them kind of lockdown, where yeah. one and two basically aren't lockdowns. You could call three, I guess, a soft lockdown, mm -hmm. and then four a sort of hard lockdown. Yeah. And, and Taiwan's never gone into a kind of hard, hard lockdown. Yeah. But, but the soft lockdown's been fairly stringent. Yes. Um, yes. And that was, that was originally, I think it was set for a month originally from... Uh, well, countrywide, it was from June. 9th, it was May, May 19th. May 19th. May 15th was Taipei, and May 19th was the whole country. I yeah, believe. and then uh, it was was the first deadline June 28th. Something For like that. For some reason, yeah. I think it was June 28th. You might be right. Yeah. The no, of... I'm sorry. No, it was it was actually earlier than that because it got extended twice, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's been it's been I think I believe it was for a four week yeah period, and it's been extended. Um, and it's it's not really much of a surprise that it's been extended again because, um, you know, I think going down to level two, which would you know be quite a big change, would would be kind of taking our foot off the gas a bit because um, you know we've got I'm I'm sitting with this nice line graph in front of me which I'll I'll send to the the Facebook chat. So if you're mm. Facebook viewer, lucky you. If you're a radio viewer, listener rather, uh, then. Tough luck. <laughs> Sorry, um, but it's it's we got we got a nice trend. It's, it's you know, it's kind of a I suppose kind of reverse exponential. You know, what do you call that? That probably has a name. Uh, I did. You, you I did economics. You should know this. I, I can't. What's use the opposite of an exponential? It's like a inverse. Yeah, like inverse. an inverse. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of so it's kind of annoyingly kind of flattening out. So you uh -huh. know, it's not like a straight line where you're going to go straight down to zero. Yeah, We're yeah. Kind of getting this kind of curve downwards. It's a reverse. It's like a bell curve i think is what we used to call it uh, i yeah. i usually hide behind the fact that i'm an economics major to get out of science-based <laughs> questions but <laughs> now, now you're I'm you're calling you me out here. man <laughs> yeah I'm, yeah i'm stuck i'm stuck you got me in a box here yeah uh yeah so that that's what's going on and um despite the central government relaxing restrictions on restaurants supposedly starting tomorrow a lot of local governments had not have not followed suit. Actually, the only place that's allowed to have dine-in customers in any sort of capacity right now is Penghu, oh, really? which is an outlying island. Mm. Um, all the other local governments, despite the central government saying, "Okay, you can have dine-in customers within a certain within certain bounds," there's mm. certain rules that you have to follow. Um, all the other local governments were just like, no, we're still uh, tightening down. And I think that's good on the local government. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, you know, it kind of reflects well on them, I think. Yeah. And uh, because I, I think I told, I certainly understand that there's this whole uh, desire to restart the economy, to get business back going again. But you got to realize that if this thing blows up again, it's been two months. Yeah. And this is our first go at the outbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been two months. If it outbreaks out again, it's going to be another at least two months. 
yeah. to to get to where we are now. We've done a good job. It's time to really stamp this thing out. Mm. Um, and I, th- it, it's really gotten me a little nervous because people were be- were seen on like mountaintops, mm. and then um, I guess aquarium. I did a story today where aquariums and amusement parks are reopening, uh, but they're not going to be not going to be allowed to eat, which is the hardest. Which is the most crucial thing, right? Mm. Because when you eat, that's when you take off the mask, Mm. you chew, 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 and that's when all the particles (laughs) get everywhere. And that's how COVID-19 spreads very easily. But I think with the... I mean, I think there's a kind of an asymmetry here because I think like... I mean, I need to look into this more, but from what I understand, the, Mm. the risk of transmission when you're kind of outdoors is very... is a lot lower. Like, it's significantly lower. Is it? Yeah, it's like... Being out and about, like on a you know in in a national park and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, especially because those places, you know, let's putting aside like for a second the fact that you know these places are generally going to have fewer people in them than yeah, a city, yeah, yeah. right? Like you generally that you know even you know just looking at the number of people, it's safer. But also like when you're outside and it's ventilated, there's a lot. I think the chance of you getting something like that is a lot lower. I mean, I guess. If you're outside too, especially during the day, the sun's just gonna. Yeah, the UV th- rays are gonna just destroy that virus. I think there's some of that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think like I think from what I understand, a lot of the science pointing to recently is that like the main way, the main route for transmission is sort of aerial kind of particles and the whole, the uh, the airborne sort of route, um, but and kind of touch and sort of particles like that being kind of left in sort of sterilizing surfaces actually might not have as much of an effect as we thought it might. Yeah, and that's your COVID-19 outbreak update for Monday. Uh, Joining us right now is some lighter news, I guess. All right, Stash. So there are some new statistics about Taiwan's population. Do you care to venture a guess... How it trended? I'm going to go with down. Okay, down. How many? <laughs> so wait, 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 uh, Taiwan has a population of around 23, 24 million. Yeah. God, I don't even know what like a normal decrease would be. So uh, this is really... Um, I mean, we didn't lose a million people, right? No, so... no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to go... So wait, so like one, a 1% decrease would be, what, 200,000 people? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go like less than that. So I'm going to go like... 50,000 people you're not you're not that far off really? given how how big the range was yeah so it was a dip of about 90,000 people Ooh. so the population of taiwan shrank by 96,314 people year on year as of the end of june and these are statistics uh, compiled by the ministry of the interior and uh, the total population right now uh as of june end of june stands at 23 million Four hundred and oh twenty three point four eight seven million, right. so twenty three million four hundred eighty seven thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have officially sank back below the twenty three point five mark. Oh really? Yeah. So we have to say twenty three now. We, I guess so. I've been saying twenty. We I, have to I, round I normally, down. I normally go with twenty four, but I, I I think I've noticed that. Among our sort of presenters and stuff, there's been a, a trend towards saying 23. It's time to round or down. Or more than 23. So now we have, now we, it's actually more accurately 23. Yeah, it? it's more accurately 23. I mean, 23. You're, you're an economics major. You know how that I works, mean, you know, rounding numbers. As far as, as far as that goes, rounding numbers is, you know, <laughs> five you go up, four you, anything <laughs> under five you go down. So that's basically what I'm wow, going for. Yeah, you, uh, you really studied hard. Huh? You know me, man. <laughs>
It's about how much effort I give into the station. I don't know how much. Maybe I should say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, by statistics, the population is down 0.41% over over the year. Wow. So less, so a little bit less than half a percentage point. But I guess the worry is that that kind of thing is uh, could be an accelerating trend, right? It could, right? Yeah. Because right now, the population is shrinking at a pace of 263.9 people per day. Rounding Ooh. up, that means we're losing 264 people a day. Wow. Like, we are net 264 people less Aye. every day. God, that's not good. That's, I mean, if you've been following the birth trends of Taiwan, you knew this is kind of inevitable, be- mm. inevitable because Taiwan's birth rates are just really low. Yeah. Uh, among all the administrative areas, Taipei registered the biggest decline in population. Uh, it lost about 2.06% of its population. Wow. And that's not very surprising to me because the cost of living in Taipei is astronomical. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that some of that could be fueled by people moving out as yeah, well, right? Yeah, definitely. It's so expensive. Uh, and then pe- people, the next place to shrink is Nanto County. Very rarely do you see Nanto County second to Taipei in any kind any, of <laughs> they're not really right? yeah like they're not <laughs> pretty really much as closely starkly related. divided as you can go right? yeah <laughs> yeah definitely uh so this is not the first time that taiwan's population experienced negative growth um because the first time was in 2020 oh. with uh i, was, I thought you were gonna say like oh this happened before and we turned it around i think you'd be like you know actually and things were looking bad in the 50s and then and then you know everything got better but no no siri <laughs> i'm not the it's the, uh, just the downward slide has begun is what yeah. you're saying so people are a little concerned there's been concern about taiwan's population for a long time now um i try not to think about it because <laughs> a lot of people they, they they're just like do you know what it means if like the population and they're just like yeah 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 mm. i mean that's one thing about economics that i've <laughs> taken away it's just like don't think about the, things yeah, too yeah, much yeah, huh? yeah. don't think about that too much um, i mean it's like yeah I, mean, I read there's an interesting new york times piece actually recently kind of not just about taiwan but kind of how how this is a global problem now you know yeah. it's like in, in in kind of industrialized countries around the world uh, we're seeing this kind of thing, and even even in sort of still sort of growing countries, there's this sort of decrease in in births. I, I mean, mean yeah. there is. They say that's the norm, right? Yeah. Um, a decrease in population is actually the norm. Mm. So developing countries like in I think maybe Africa and stuff like that, they on average like every couple will have on average maybe eight eight children mm. and then they're like in other countries it's lucky to approach two yeah. because every couple needs to have two kids in order to have yeah just over two place, I think, right? actually, yeah just over two mm. well i don't i don't get what the just over two is about i have uh because i guess there are people you have to account for people who don't get married and who don't yeah but, no, but that's still that's like, just like an average right i guess so just on average two so why yeah. does it have to be 2.1 or like two point two. What's that? If you have any any theories as to why that point one or point two has to be there, let us know. Let us know. We're not good at the maths. Anyway, that's your uh, that's your bit of population statistics for the day. All right, I ruined it in the intro. Um, (laughs) The Tokyo Olympics are coming up. Yeah. And Taiwan is sending its team, like, to represent Taiwan there. Yeah. Uh, As far as government officials go and leadership goes, there's one person that has gained a lot of acclaim in uh, in Tokyo and a lot of recognition 
for her contributions to uh, just how the country is run. And a lot of people in Japan admire this Taiwanese person. I said the first name. It's Audrey. <laughs> it's, Stash. An, it's an Audrey. It's, it's an Audrey Stash. Would you like to venture which Audrey it is? Is it Audrey Tang? It is most certainly Audrey Tong. And <laughs> Audrey Tong is technically um, what they call her title is Minister Without Portfolio. Mm. But unofficially, she's Taiwan's um, digital minister, yeah. is what they call her. And that's because she is a huge like IT guru. Um, apparently by age 19, she moved to, to Silicon Valley Oh, really? and she was an entrepreneur there. She was just straight killing it. Yeah. Um, her, I sure she has genius, uh, reportedly genius level IQ. Oh, I'm sure. And, um, she has been pivotal in trying kind of reforming uh, Taiwan's like electronic systems. Mm. So the first one when this outbreak happened was the mask rationing system, which was tied directly to health records. Um, for everybody's, what's it called, national health insurance. And the most impressive thing to me, actually, was uh, she also helped overhaul the Taiwanese tax system or how you tax, how you file the taxes. Oh, really? This year, I filed taxes, Dash. Get this, <laughs> on my cell phone. <gasps> on my cell phone. Wow. Yeah. It was it was the easiest thing on the planet. Like used to it used to be I had to get a card reader, yeah. plug into my computer, update the software because I only ever use that software software once a year, right? Right. Get the card reader, plug it into oh, uh no. plug my national health insurance into my computer and then, you know, upload all that information to the dark web because I'm not IT tech savvy at all, mm. so all that information's out there. And then, um, but now it's just like they can identify you by your phone number through government records and then use the signal to verify, the, the signal that you use to log into the yeah, tax system yeah, to yeah. verify your identity via the records of the carriers, the oh, phone wow. carriers. Yeah. And then it was the easiest thing. It was like that. And uh, I didn't even bother. I was just like, oh, this is so easy. That's was, amazing. I, I mean, yeah. And then the newest thing, I guess, is the... Uh is the the vaccine kind of booking system. Yeah, the vaccine booking system. So a lot of people, especially in Japan, are very, very um, enamored with Audrey Tong. Why why Japan particularly? I guess because Japan is such a digital-based society. Not just that, but the close proximity also uh, means that Taiwan and Japan share a lot of news and attention. Mm. And Japan, one of the things that Japanese netizens have said is just like, well, if we had an Audrey Tong the situation in Japan wouldn't be as dire as it is mm. as it is currently. So uh, Tong will substitute for the education minister, Pan Wenzong. So Pan Wenzong was supposed to go, yeah. but he's saying he's too busy with uh, Taiwan's college entrance, exam- uh, entrance and teacher certification exams. Fair. And that's also because, like, there's a whole bunch of reasons, right? Mm. Because they need to make sure during the outbreak that these tests can be administered right. in a safe way. And mm, he's, the, mm. the minister needs to be around to oversee that. Um, and not just that, but the Olympics opening ceremony is July 23rd, which is very close to the exam times. That's very soon. So if they come back, they also need to quarantine for 14 days. Oh, right, 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 right. So there's, there's none of this, like, you're a high-ranking high government official, you get special <laughs> treatment. No, you don't. No, you don't. Stay in the 14 days. In the quarantine hotel, That's Mr. Right. Education Minister. Uh, so this substitute is perfect because, you know, she's got Audrey Tong. She's got the clout with Japan. She's got the international profile. She's got the international profile. I, I hear Tokyo is, is losing its mind that <laughs> Audrey Tong is going. Yeah, I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
Uh, here's a quick Olympic quiz for you, Stan. Give me an Olympic quiz. Uh, hit me. How many people are going to the Olympics? How many people are uh, is Taiwan sending uh, athletes? Oh, you know, I did literally just read Andrew's story on oh, this. Oh, did you? So, uh, go ahead. Go ahead then. Is it is it 66? Yes. Yay. And it's an even divide of 33 women and 33 oh. men. And they'll compete in 18 sports categories. And one of the people who's going is a Tai Ziing, who's our badminton queen like she mm. is super consistent yeah i was just reading about her she sounds incredible i mean badminton's not a sport i'm super clued into yeah but, but she's going and people are hoping that she's going to get the gold i mean she has been very consistent her yeah. ability to uh perform under pressure is very very good yeah from what i understand she was the kind of she's been number one uh of the women's singles for like the longest of any person yeah um, which just sounds very cool. She's also, I was saying to Leslie earlier, she's five foot four. She's quite short. And I just, I would have assumed that badminton players are generally kind of tall. Yeah, right? you'd, you'd assume that they'd need to be, have the long limbs. Because also like the, the height. Cause, yeah, because like when you're higher, right, you can slam down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're a badminton player, please let us know. Let us know. Correct us. Um, but that would be my, my guess. Uh, yeah. So Jen Delari says uh, in response to a prior question about why it's 2.1 children per family is two will make the family population stay the same 2.1 means families will grow but i, I wish they just stay three point one person is having is a pain. <laughs> yeah you don't want to have point one of a person yeah. not good i mean but i thought the 2.1 is like the replacement level that's what i thought too yeah, but i so i just don't understand what that point one is about no idea uh, maybe something to do with like an aging population or something we may be living for longer who knows who knows All right, Stash, this is going to be a doozy. Um, so Taiwan is very concerned with its defense program, right? Mm. And there's something called the Civil Defense Program, which to me almost sounds like a militia. Is it like, because like me in the, yeah, in the Second World War in the UK, we had a thing called the, that was nicknamed the Dad's Army. Yeah, I guess so. Is it kind of like, you know, you have like all the old, the old, pe- old men who are too kind of... I guess it's just mobilizing like non-official diplomatic... R- Right. I'm not non official military assets right, 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 right. to defend uh, the country. And um, the Ministry of National Defense in April told lawmakers that the military is considering whether to integrate a certain group in to, to support all out defense roles. And this group is from temples. Oh. Yeah. Like okay. They're, 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 they're thinking about employing temple workers. And specifically, these temple workers are called Iyong, which are like, they're young men who perform martial arts and religious events. Oh, wow. So they're just like, yeah, these guys are probably, they have hand-to-hand combat experience. Oh, my God. This they, is kind of Shaolin monk kind of style. Kind the of. same vibe, right? <laughs> I think I think that's what they're going for. Wow. Um, and they say that temples could be a bastion of the nation, nation's civil and psychological defenses as they have capabilities that match the nation's 200,000 strong regular armed forces and 1.6 million reservists. So that's about... So the government's saying that temples have 3 million people that they can mobilize? That's just not true. I mean, like... (laughs) That just seems unlikely. That's just like what one in every six people works at a temple. And it's like overlapping, right? Yeah. Because right now, uh, the last statistics that we have was as of 2019, Taiwan had 12,279 temples were operated. And with these 12,000 temples are operated by 22 major religious bodies 
and they had about 938,099 registered members. So we're talking about a million people. We're not talking about like 1.8 million. And those are, those are members as well. They're not like... Yeah. Pete, they're not they're not all kind of trained in martial and arts and they're stuff. Like, they're just people who who like like you know go there quite. There's often, a lot right? of devout elderly people yeah. in Taiwan too. I'm sure you know you're not asking them. To. Yeah. So this really fascinated me. I was like, what are they gonna do with the temple? So mostly it's about enlisting the young helpers or these young people at the temples. Uh, but. I would think that these young men are more than likely registered reservists. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, because Taiwan has a, uh, a conscription system. From what I was understanding as well, I think uh, reading about this a few months ago, it yeah. was like uh, that they it wasn't it wasn't just about manpower. It was kind of a, or you know sort of the the you know yeah it was it was also about the kind of logistics networks and stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's like temples have they're very good at. They have like a, this kind of it's, it's basically kind of a network of yeah. like kind of interconnected people. Oh, so it's like they, they want to mobilize gotcha. that. Use I think those that's assets. the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also some are also situated in fascinating places like yeah. up in the mountains, Ooh. deep in the forests. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this edition of Here in Taiwan. Up next, hashtag Taiwan and status update for Here in Taiwan. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Stash Butler. We'll talk to you guys again soon. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week in this show, we take a look at what's trending online in Taiwan, whether it's social media memes or a video that's trending in Taiwan, or maybe a piece of news that netizens are talking about. Now, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you'll know that for the past few weeks, I've been focusing on topics that have to do with the COVID-19 outbreak in Taiwan. This week, I tried to find a story that didn't have as much to do with the COVID-19 outbreak just to switch things up a little bit. However, I'm not sure that I found the most palatable of stories to say. I sincerely think that some of you might be pining for more of the heartwarming happy stuff that I've covered in the past week. Just to give you a small preview, this week I'm going to be talking about pizza. And a lot of you might be thinking, well, how offensive can pizza get? Just... Listen up, because this ain't going to be about regular pizza. I promise you that. Pizza. Now, who doesn't love a good slice? I myself am a lover of pizza of all shapes and styles, from Chicago deep dish, New York pizza, square, round, triangular. Pizza's great. So you might be thinking, great, we're talking about pizza this week, so there's no way this can get controversial, right? Wrong. Taiwan has been known to get pretty creative with its pizza offerings and i don't mean that in a good way i mean that in a taiwan has offered boba pizza ramen pizza and sticky rice dumpling pizza kind of way in fact pizza hut taiwan offered two different types of sticky rice dumpling pizzas this past dragon boat festival we at radio taiwan international are no strangers to peculiar pizzas after all andrew ryan and ellen chu have performed taste tests on boba pizza and they didn't exactly hate it. Aside from that, I've stayed away from talking about unusual pizza because I respect that it's a matter of personal preference. But let me tell you something, that's not happening today. Pizza Hut Taiwan, the mastermind behind those wackadoo flavors I just mentioned, have come out with their strangest flavor yet. And if I don't talk about it now, then I'll never get to talk about it again because pizza flavors don't get much weirder than this. This is pig blood cake. 
It's a blood pudding made from pork blood and sticky rice, and it's often served with peanut powder. This is a century egg. It's an egg that's been fermented for anywhere from weeks to months. They're black and they're quite pungent. This is cilantro, aka coriander. It's an herb commonly used in cooking, and it's a divisive ingredient because, as I've discussed in a past hashtag, some people think it tastes like soap. Pig blood rice cake and century eggs, in my experience, are acquired tastes. Cilantro, not so much because it's more of a you either love it or you hate it kind of thing. But do you see where I'm going when I'm talking about three controversial ingredients and pizza at the same time? If you haven't figured it out, I'll give you a few seconds to piece it together. That's right, Pizza Hut Taiwan took those three ingredients and put them together on a pizza. And it went over as well online as you might think. Joe Zhu tweeted, Oh my god, Taiwan introduced cilantro century egg pig blood rice cake pizza. I'm screaming. Everybody's screaming, Joe. Everybody's screaming. Real loud. How does it taste? Well, food lover and amateur comedian living in Taipei, Matan Shlomi, wrote a comprehensive review, and there's one excerpt that I think really sums it up. He says, I ate this pizza, and I commend the chefs of Pizza Hut for bravely treading where everyone begged them not to. But sometimes, the whole is less than the sum of its parts. Some things don't exist for a reason. Century Egg does not go with blood cake in the night market, and it does not go well with it here. Apart, they are symbols. Icons, avatars of acquired taste. Together, they are a gimmick, nothing more and nothing less. Not to be outdone, Stash and I made our own version of the pizza to try and see how it tastes. Why did we have to make it ourselves? Well, get this. The pizza is sold out nationwide. How did my and Stash's adventure pan out? Well, you're just going to have to wait for the Taiwan Taste Bud segment to come out. Either way, I'm glad that this is over with, because pizza can't get much weirder than this, right? Chicken testicle pizza. That's it. I'm out of here. And that just about does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Do check out that segment on our YouTube channel where I try pig blood rice cake cilantro century egg pizza. And no, I'm not trying chicken testicle pizza. This, this is, is Status, status Update. update. Hello there, welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Ventriest. It's that program where we read your letters that you write us to let us know what programs you listened to this past week and what you think about them, give them a rating, give them ideas. But uh, first off though, we're going to update our own personal status a little bit here. Um, you know, now that we are working on, how should I say it, shifts? Like we try to limit the number of people in the same office at the same time. It's a COVID and prevention so, measure. Right, right. And so, um, you know, uh, we don't have a cafeteria downstairs, which we used to, but um, it's been a year now, I think. And so there is one person in the um, administrative office. Uh, she's in administration. Um, she's been like helping us order lunch boxes for lunch mm. every day. Monday through Friday. Now, um, because of these, you know, like, you know, everybody's like coming in at different times and, you know, sometimes they would have people who would work from home a whole week and then they take turns and then somebody else would be working from home the whole week. And so she told us at the beginning of, you know, this uh, lockdown, semi-lockdown, that she wasn't going to be able to order for us because she doesn't know when she'll be working, right. you know, coming into to work. But 
she's been very nice that she wasn't going to be able to help. And so, but she actually was very nice that on the days when she actually did come in, she would put out, you know, um, a, a list and say, you know, I'm willing, I'm, I'm ready to take your orders. Right. So that's been very helpful. And, and she's been trying new places. Okay. So totally new from past list of restaurants and menus that, you know, that we're ordering from. So you can only get it on days when she's here now. Is that right? Yes. No one else has taken over the reins? No. You know, she, and she's very good at it. Uh. So um, the thing is that she would put out a menu the night before mm. so that we know that the next day she's going to be here and mm. she's going to be getting the lunch boxes for us. So that's very nice. Um, so we're trying all these new places. I don't know how she goes about doing it. It seems like she... She actually would drive around in the neighborhood, like near RTI, and and just look for we don't have menus a neighborhood or, around here. There's no, no, yeah. So still a bit of, of a, I know, still a bit away, you know. So, but maybe from mi- Neihu. It's mostly military land around here, right? Or 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 maybe she would find menus that would be willing to deliver to uh, okay. you know us or something within uh, the circumference of, I don't know, the distance that they're willing to deliver. And um, so we've been trying out these different menus. And usually when we try a new place, afterwards she would, in the line group, she would say, all right, leave comments. You know, what do you think about this place? Should I add it to the list, you know, Mm. the previous list? There was one time, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think that people are really into health eating. Usually, okay, a a typical Taiwanese lunchbox would have like the like rice and then a couple of, you know, different vegetables. And then the the main thing could be chicken or pork or shrimp or seafood or fish or whatever. Okay. It's the vegetables. Mm. It, it, that's, they're, ha- they're like tasteless. Some of them. It's like, there's like no seasoning and it's like, it, it, it tastes like, you know, they just kind of boiled it. Yeah. Oh, no. And and when it gets that bad, she she skips out asking you know for comments because it's just that bad. Okay. Know? So there have been some misses. There was there was one last week, by the way, and it was bad. I mean, the shrimp, it tasted like it was like made from frozen shrimp. Okay. Okay. So so it's not like fresh, you know, oh, no. like prawns kind of, and um, but the vegetables were all totally bland, like no taste. Well. <laughs> I still have to say it beats the old restaurant that they used to have downstairs. Oh, no. You, I mean, you can't be serious about that. Our no. cafeteria was actually pretty good It was in some good, ways. but it didn't have bugs it in didn't, it occasionally. Yes, I know. The hygiene is questionable. And they would be like, oh, um, that's because it's organic. I'm like, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. What explanation is that? I mean... And I, I also uh, found that the owner was super rude. Yes. When the, we would call wife. downstairs to make orders sometimes yeah. they'd have they'd slam the phone on us if they were too busy they wouldn't even i know yeah the they would wife, just pick it I up mean, to make it stop just, ringing and yeah i know it's, I thought it's they had the, a very poor attitude it's the chef's wife yeah she's the one who kind of like manages things around and yeah i don't miss she, she 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 doesn't have a good temper but um we seems to have a good rapport. <laughs> She's pretty nice to so, me. Well, I don't understand. I, I never was really in the loop about why they left. I don't, but... Oh, oh, you don't know? Because it wasn't like a... It was actually It not... was during... It was last year. Yeah. During was... COVID. And because the only... Because we used to... The cafeteria used to be open to, you know... People, uh, people outside. Because they would come and... And yeah. they had some dishes that they were well known for. Yeah. And it's so cheap eating downstairs because... It's like employee credit, right. you know, so even outsiders, they pay that low price. But at, when COVID kicked, kicked in, um, they could only allow, RTI, the management only allowed like takeouts. 
Yeah. So that kind of cut Again, down another on thing orders. I don't miss because there used to be it used to be chaos. I know. People like coming in and like blocking the way. Yeah. And using our elevator. An elevator and go, going up and like, to others. And like just wandering floors. around yeah. where places where they weren't supposed to be. And I like, know. Oh, can I help you? That was, yeah, that was not good. So but anyway, so. I, I would much prefer takeout from a bad <laughs> place than that. <laughs> anyway, so that's why they moved. I, and then, yeah, bland vegetables I can deal with. And then mm-hmm. no other food companies are willing to, you know, come in their place. in the middle of nothing. Right, that too. Like I said, and we've, also, got a, we've got a hotel on a high hill behind us. And right. the rest of the surrounding areas is parkland and trees land, everywhere. Yeah. Land that's uh, owned by the military, I think, too. So. So you can't, it's not open to the public. So right. There's nothing nearby. Yeah. Now, other restaurants, if they wanted to come in, um, they would still have to follow the same rule, which is like right. only allow takeout. I just, so just don't nobody, think it's a good, it's not a good location for a restaurant. Right. So it's in the basement was, of, the, of a building, unmarked. Right. So nobody uh, was interested. It's not like sort of place that you can see prominently with a big sign out front. Mm. Like there's, there was no, you would never know there was a, was a restaurant in the basement here. So yeah. like there's no visibility to attract customers. Like it's all word of mouth that you're relying on. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, anyway, we're just trying different menus here in, in, you know, thanks to her. So, and then I took advantage of this. What I meant is that I would buy more than just a, what, a portion for myself so that I can bring it home for dinner. Okay. With my, so it's, with my well, husband pretty, and my son. That's pretty thrifty, actually. Right? <laughs> so I've done that. Okay. But the thing was that I got, you know, I, I, I brought extra ones home with that, the one that had the bland vegetables and everything. And they, no one touched it? Well, good thing was that my son actually wants, he was craving for borscht soup. So I... That's a very was, specific craving. Yeah, because he's vegetarian right now. Borscht is beef-based. No, he asked like vegetable-based um, borscht soup. Huh. And so the, the lunch boxes came with lots of cabbage, like bland, tasteless cabbage. And so that was perfect for the borscht. And then I added the carrots and I added the onions and then I I actually used ketchup. But that worked out fine. Ketchup and borscht. Oh, hey, hey, hey. I'm talking about the Hong Kong style borscht soup, which oh. is different from okay. the real Russian okay. borscht soup. Okay, I was going to say. Because the real Russian is turns out like purple yeah. soup base. The, the one from Hong Kong, uh, the Hong Kong style is using ketchup. I didn't know there was a Hong Kong style. Yeah. And I'm used to that style. Okay. And my mom used to make it all the time with beef, you know. But yeah, um, yeah so that was fine. It turned out really good. So I, I thanked for the mm. <laughs> all that cabbage. It was enough for the whole <laughs> pot of wow. um, borscht soup that lasted for it must two have been or three terrible days. cabbage <laughs> if no one touched it. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to eat it. So mm. that was that just was great timing, you mm. know. I just used it in the borscht soup. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's such a pain for mothers at the, during this time thinking about what to cook at you know every meal. So I mean, we try not to order you know mm. takeouts or deliver um, like Uber Eats. So it, it's a pain trying to think about what to cook. So that was my idea. Okay. I'll get more than one lunch boxes and take home for okay, dinner that night. Left. Okay. So that's what I'm doing tonight, by mm. the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I'm glad she's willing to do that. You know, I thought that yeah. we won't. I would be racking my brain every day to think what am I going to bring in for lunch, because I hate doing that. Ugh. I hardly see you eat at at the station. I don't. You don't. Oh, don't. so you always eat before in the you very come early in. days. I would go to the cafeteria, but then I learned about. Yeah, I know. I think it was you who got the bug that one time. Was it no, you it wasn't me. It was Natalie. 
And it was more than once. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there during that incident. <laughs> I know. And she was really mad too, Natalie. Yeah. She was really mad, I remember, because she said they would only refund her for the un. Oh, the, the untouched ones. Yeah. Was, she had sui jiao, the, 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 the dumplings. dumplings. And they wouldn't <laughs> refund her the full, the full price. <laughs> That's how stingy the wife of that I, chef Yeah, was. I remember Natalie was not happy at all. <laughs> oh, she so really has I a way of like doing business. I that was sort of the end of it for me. Along yeah. with, I know. Yeah. That is so funny. Anyway. Oh. Well, they're still around. They're just in Neihu, uh, a little drive away. I don't think I need to go <laughs> looking for it. Well, the chicken is great. Their Sandong, you know, that's chicken. Too garlicky for my taste. Oh, really? Yeah. Too, oh, too, too, a, too pungent. Everybody's like coming here for, to order that chicken. They you used know? to, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Even like for Christmas, mm-hmm. instead of like a, a roast chicken, yeah. they order that chicken. Anyway. All right. Well, I say we get to the letters here. Thank you so much for writing in. We always love to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And you can always find us on Facebook and on YouTube. Okay, the first letter here is from Roger Tidy of England, and it says, Hello, um, my third and final report in your programs for the past month is for your broadcast of June 30th. Uh, programs heard here in Taiwan in Just the Classics. Under comments, it says, My favorite program in this day's broadcast was Just the Classics. The subject of the program this time was the band Soda Green. I was very impressed by those group's songs, all of which I found to be passionate and heartfelt, even though I couldn't understand most of the words. I especially like the first two numbers, As We Walk Together and A Little Love Song. After listening to the whole program online, I went back to hear these two songs again. The other songs were also good, although somewhat different, especially the number taken from the group's album inspired by Verdi's Four Seasons. The program was presented by your intern, Allison, who has a nice voice. However, she sounded like she was too far from the microphone, and the acoustic quality of the oral part of the recording was poor, resembling a room where half the furniture had been removed. Well, the thing was that she actually didn't come in because of COVID, COVID and we had yeah. precautions. We couldn't have them in the she studio. She somehow managed to record it at home or something and send us the MP3 file. Yeah, okay. so, but anyway, appreciate you doing that. Glad you like it. Uh, I also enjoyed listening to Here in Taiwan, in which the two presenters were Natalie and me. The lead story in the program was inspired by a survey in a Taiwanese newspaper about how people have spent their time at home during Taiwan's Level 3 lockdown. My favorite story, however, concerned the recent exchange of gifts between Taiwan and, by the way, that's that was Lithuania. Okay, um, in which Lithuania has donated vaccines to Taiwan, and Taiwan has donated a number of items to Lithuania. Actually, Strange mostly, items. mostly. <laughs> oh, foods. oh, that, oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, and also because we sent them masks before. Yeah. Okay. So best wishes. That was again Roger Tidy of England. We've got a letter here from Brian Yule writings to us from Logansport, Indiana. It says, "Dear Natalie, this is addressed to Natalie, by the way. You and Shirley talked about things you do during the pandemic on here in Taiwan. That's June." 30th, 2021. I am amazed that you and Andrew always have fresh outfits to wear for Taiwan Insider. Always tastefully done and stylish. How many episodes have you done? Over two years on March 8th, 2019 is the oldest show on your website. That's over 100 episodes and I don't think you've ever worn the same outfit twice. How do you do that and maintain such a wardrobe with a minimal clothes closet? Clothes closet. I was wondering if you might be a subscriber to Rent the Runway or some other clothing service. And there's a link to a Taiwanese clothing service actually. (laughs) It seems like someone might have interviewed someone in this type of business before on RTI, but I don't remember for sure. If not, the topic of clothing during the pandemic might have possibilities for future topics on air. Uh, they do have a modest uh, wardrobe, but I think it's mm-hmm. mostly Leslie. No, has a I handful think, of shirts. Yeah, well, Natalie, there, I think that's all her own stuff. Oh, well, actually, she did buy some new ones because there's a budget okay. for them to yeah buy, buy their... But that clothes. only came in recently, didn't it? 
Uh, I think at the beginning been... it was just kind of. Oh, it's been a while. I mm. think at least half a year now, maybe. Still, we've been going since 2019. So yeah, a lot of that's her own. Her yeah. own wardrobe provided by Natalie. Yes. <laughs> um, it also says here, I am one who has difficulty parting with books and clothes, etc. I have not spent the pandemic time decluttering. Perhaps this is why <laughs> I am behind on my reception reports. They are in a pile of papers on the floor. You have asked how some listeners have spent the pandemic. Somehow, just working. There is a labor shortage here. We have many positions short-staffed in the workplace and have ample opportunity to work overtime. It certainly has been a different time. Some of our best coworkers are retiring or leaving for other jobs, and there are not people out there to replace them. Well, best wishes to you in Taiwan. Stay safe and keep calm. Ping an, which means, like, be well. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace. Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. All right. Okay, I've got a letter here from Sunil Deep of India. It says, greetings from Calicut once again. It is my pleasure to send this mail. This is my regular monthly report of the station, which I hope will be very useful to your engineering department. And he actually sent two reception reports. He said, uh, I found jamming on 15320 kilohertz at 0300 UTC almost every day. Oh, making the reception feeble sometimes. Since your transmitter has good power, it is overriding the QRM. Anyway, we will have to find out the origin of the jammer. Status Update is still maintaining its standard of keeping the listeners a friendly bridge between the broadcasters and listeners. The letters read on the program and the views expressed on the letters uh, show how the different programs are liked by various listeners around the globe. It is seen that once a listener of this program, he never misses it, as he will listen one way or another on shortwave or website. It is good to know that you have many old listeners and even newcomers who are willing, writing to you every week. Just the Classics and Jukebox Republic are my favorite, uh, other favorite programs in which so much music and songs are played. It is seen that the human beings all around the world are waiting for the third wave of COVID-19 Oh no way though the second wave is still existing in many countries like ours. In India, the number of patients is on a diminishing trend, but we are making precautions to contain the disease by adopting various measures. In Kerala State, where I'm staying, we have locked down on weekends, but still many of them are having the disease. Presently, I have noticed increased number of patients in your country also. Please answer the following question. Is Tom representing in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics in athletics? In athletics, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, we do have our track and field athlete, Hank Yang, who okay. is known as the fastest man in Taiwan who did qualify. I oh, just saw wow. that news story. Now, now that you think of it, yes. We're also represented in some other sports yes. as well. So look yes. out for us. We're not known, unfortunately, as Taiwan due to some political sensitivities and opposition from China. We compete right. under, the, under the name Chinese Taipei. Yeah. And we have our own special Olympic flag because we're not allowed to use our real flag. But, right. Yeah. Uh, but look out for us. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and then he says, wish you good health. My best wishes and good luck to Shirley, that's me, and you. Oh, he mentioned our names. Thank you. All right, and that's it. That's all the time we have for Status Update. Thank you so much for your letters, but keep them coming. We always love to read them on air. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw, and you can always find us on YouTube and Facebook as well. All right, until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.